Welcome to the Grace Point Assembly of God podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit gphixon.com. Now let's get into a powerful message for your life from God's Word. Hallelujah. This morning I I want to share a message with you. that the Lord has placed on my heart, it says it's, it's our anchor of hope. Our anchor of hope. How many of you want hope in your life? Amen. Yeah, I, you know, this is a, is, is a theme, I think, in our society today of hope. Everybody's looking for hope. Um, you know, uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, it's the new hope, right? Are there any Star Wars fan out there? Yeah, there's there's just one. Okay, all right, one of you got it. But anyway, uh, if you uh, have been listening to politics, politics has this hope and change and hope and uh, you know all these things are there, but uh, our hope is only in the Lord. Amen. And that's where our hope comes from. So this morning, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter six. Verses 13 through 20, I want to read this passage of Scripture today and talk about our anchor of hope that's in Jesus today. So Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. It says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by uh, whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desires to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, who we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I want to talk to you today about hope. Hope is is something that we need in our lives. It is something that we need to have, but it's not a hope like the world has. The world just hopes something's going to happen. They're not convinced it's going to happen. They just think maybe, maybe it's going to get better. Amen? But as Christians, we have a different kind of hope. And let me give you a couple of uh, definitions that I, uh, maybe will help you here. Out of the, the Lexham Bible Dictionary, it says, Hope, the confidence. Oh, I love that word. Because that's so important in the Christian world. It is a confidence that by integrating God's redemptive acts in the past with trusting human responses in the present, the faithful will experience the fullness of God's goodness both in the present and in the future. So we take the the acts of redemptive acts of the past 
and we put them together with our trusting in God, and by that, then we become the, we come to have this fullness of this hope. Biblical faith rests on the trustworthiness of God to keep His promises. The biblical view of hope is thus significantly different from that found in ancient Greek philosophy. The Greeks recognized that human beings expressed hope by nature. However, this kind of hope reflects both good and bad experiences. The future was thus a projection of one's own subjective possibilities. So hope in the world is subjective to their circumstances, subjective to whatever else is going on in their life. Amen? Biblical hope avoids this subjectivity by being founded on something that provides a sufficient basis for confidence in its fulfillment. God and His redemptive acts as they culminate in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wow. So our, our hope is not based on our circumstances, based on what's going on in our life, and based on what happened yesterday or what might happen tomorrow. Our hope is based on the fact that Jesus said it, and we believe it, and it's going to happen. Amen? Then in the Easton Bible Dictionary, hope is defined as one of the three main elements of Christian character. What are the other? Faith, hope, love, right? So it is joined with faith and love and is opposed to seeing or possessing. So it's not seeing or possessing, but it is a hope. It is something in the future. It's something ahead of us, right? Hope is an essential and found fundamental element of Christian life. So essential indeed that like faith and love, it can itself designate the essence of Christianity. In it, the whole glory of the Christian vocation is centered. Believers are without this hope. Unbelievers are without this hope, excuse me. Christ is the actual object of the believer's hope because it is in his second coming that the hope of glory will be fulfilled. It is spoken of as lively or a living hope, a hope not frail and perishable, but having a perennial life. In Romans 5.2, the hope spoken of is probably objective. The hope set before us, namely eternal life. It is, it is what we look for. It is what we have to look forward to. 1 John 3, 3, the expression hope in Him ought rather to be, as in the revised version, hope on Him. A hope based on God. We live in a world today that has no hope. They really have no hope. They're searching for it. They're trying to grasp hold of it. They want something. I believe that's why the superheroes are so... Uh, prominent in the in the theaters and all that they want to have something they can look to that's strong and powerful and and able to overcome they they want to have good movies that they can go and watch and entertainment and things that that help them to get out of the disparity that they're in 
They're looking for hope in, in leaders. They're looking for hope in, in their finances. They're looking for hope somewhere, but everything that they're putting their hope in is shifting sand. It moves out from under them. Every time they put their hope in it, it, it changes. But as Christians, our hope is in the one that never changes. So the only hope for us in this world is Jesus and his promises. So today I want to go back into the Old Testament and look at a couple of things here as, as far as Abraham. I want to look at the hope of Abraham because I think as we look at the hope of Abraham, it will help us to build our trust, our hope in God. You know, the passage I read a few moments ago in Hebrews, it talked about the hope of Abraham. Uh, the God, that God had made a promise to Abraham and Abraham believed God and put his hope in God's sworn promise to him. You know, it, it's... It's amazing when you go back and you read the story of Abram and becoming Abraham and all that went. So I, I want to read some of these passages to help us walk through this and to look at his life and where he put his hope. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. And make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. What a promise. What a promise. I mean, Abraham heard this from God, and he believed it. You know, that's what gives us hope is when we hear God's word and believe it. That's where the hope comes from. See, Abraham believed God and he trusted in him. He took this word, he took this promise, and he believed God. Abram was 75 years old when he received this promise. He went many years until God came again and spoke again to him a promise and Genesis 13, 14 through 17. It says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. Abram had gone many years before he heard this second time God speaking to him. And God reinforces to him and says once again, Abram, just keep following after me. Keep going where I tell you to go. Keep doing what I tell you to do. And one day, your offspring will be like the, the grains of sand on the sea. It'll be so numerous that you won't be able to count it. Now, we've got to remember, at this point, he's over 75 now. 
don't know exactly the age that he was at this point. He was probably well up into his 80s. And God's speaking this to him, and he has no son. But he believes the promise. But he believes the promise. You know, sometimes we, we think we've got to see it. We've got to understand it. God, I don't understand why I am where I am. I don't understand what's going on. But we need to believe the promises in God's word. Because when we believe the promise, then we have hope. On down in Genesis 15, 1 through 6. He said, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abram, once again, has gotten to a place where he's like, God, you know, man, it's been so many years. How can this be? Your promises, I, I know that you've made me these promises, but my heir is going to be somebody who's not even my son at this point. It'll be somebody in my household that will take over. And God reassures him once again with the promise. The promise. And Abraham, once again, Abram has hope. Then in Genesis 17, 1 through 8, it says, When Abram was 90 nine years old so we're talking 24 years after the original promise that's a long time some of y'all haven't even lived 24 years i hope i get to live another 24 anyway uh he was 99 years old and the lord appeared to abram and said to him I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Wow. He gets his promise once again. He's 99 years old, 24 years after the beginning of the promise, and he gets his promise again, and Abraham believes God. 
He trusts God. He trusts in His covenant. He trusts in His promises. I don't know how Abraham had such faith to trust in God's promises. He didn't have the scriptures that we have to go back and read these kind of stories. He didn't have the family heirloom that he, you know, of people to tell him about God and how he had done this. He was the beginning. Amen? He was one who, out of seemingly nothing, believed God. But through that, he got a hope that was enduring in his life. God promised and made a covenant with Abraham that in just one year, he would give Abraham a son. And we begin to fulfill the promise. So here's what I want you to see from Abraham. His hope was not in his abilities. His hope was not in his wife. Amen? His hope was not in anything except a faithful God who made him a promise. His faith was in a faithful God who made him a promise. God had never left him, never forsaken him. God had been there with him through many trials and many different things that he had had to face. He had followed after God's voice. He had heard God's voice. He had followed after the promise. Unfortunately, many of us sometimes, we tend to lose hope in God if He just delays for a few minutes. A few days, a few weeks. We're going, oh God, you said you'd do it. But we don't ever see Abraham complaining. We don't ever see Abraham really just... Just coming out, you know, yeah, he did talk about his bonds, or, you know, the, the, the people in his family, his heir was going to be somebody other, but he wasn't saying, God, I'm, I'm just, I give up on you. He was saying, God, this is the reality of my situation. This is where it's at. I still trust you. I still trust you, but I don't see it. Help me to see. And that's okay for us to come to those places of saying, God, help me to see how you're going to fulfill your promise. Because that's what Abraham was saying. I don't see how you're going to be able to do it, but God, I know you can. I know you're able. I don't understand it, but I'm there. I trust in you. Abraham maintained a hope in God for 25 years from the first promise to the birth of his son Isaac. But this hope he had went beyond the birth of Isaac because the promise was for a nation of people that would come from Abraham. Abraham had so much hope in God that he even took Isaac up on a mountain and was willing to sacrifice him. Because his hope was not in things. His hope was not in people. His hope was not in, in even the son that he had gotten after in his old age. It was not in anything except for God and his promises. And this is where hope emanates, folks. We can't have it on anything else. If we put it in anything else, we do not have a hope that will endure. This hope that Abraham had was in a faithful God. A faithful God. And that hope will never disappoint.
Now I want to take you into the New Testament and talk about a couple of people that I see that have hope, show hope. And that's the hope of Simeon and Anna. In Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 38, I want to read this passage of these two individuals who had hope in God. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of to the people Israel, your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phineal, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and when then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna had a hope in God that guided their lives. That guided their lives. You see, this hope gave them a, a faithfulness to God that was very unusual. The hope that led Simeon to be at the temple at the very moment when Jesus was coming to be dedicated to the Lord. This man had prayed and God had shown him through the Holy Spirit that he would be able to see the Messiah, the Christ, the one who was going to come and save them from their sin, from the world. He had prayed and God had said, you will not die until you see this. And so this hope this promise that, that Simeon had led him to be there at the temple at the very moment when Jesus was coming to be dedicated. You see, our hope needs to guide our lives. It needs to direct us. That hope is what should direct us in all of our lives. Anna dedicated her life to fasting and prayer after losing her husband probably in her early 20s. She is now 84 years old, holding on to the promises of God and living a life of hope in the salvation of Israel. And she is there on that day when Jesus comes to be dedicated in the temple once again. 
the hope that these two have guided their lives. It directed them and it impacted them and showed them where to be and what to do and how to live their lives. They had lived their lives in total dedication to the Lord even when they hadn't seen that promise come to be fulfilled for many, many, many years. Anna could have been in that temple for almost 65 years before she saw the Messiah. But she had a hope. She had a promise. She had something that she was looking for. They never gave up hope. Listen, they didn't have hope just in the promise, but in the one who had made the promise. And that's what should direct our lives. That's what should guide us, is having that hope in not in a promise. Not, uh, many of us may have received a promise. Abraham received his promise, but he had to go many, many years without seeing the fulfillment of that promise. Abraham even died before he saw the fulfillment of the promise because he never got to see the multitudes, the multitudes that came after Isaac. He just had to believe God that it was going to happen. But it guided his life. It directed him. Simeon, Anna, they kept their hope in God and let it guide them. This is where many of us get sidetracked in our hope. We hope in the promise or the thing we want or the thing that we think we deserve. Instead of putting our hope in God. And you can, you can read God's word and His God, word says, by His stripes we were healed. But when you're in your sickness, you're going to read that scripture and you're going to say, that's a promise, God. That's a promise for me right there. I receive that. I believe that promise. But sometimes in the midst of life and going through a sickness and an illness, it's a long term, we may lose our hope. If we put our hope just in the promise. Because my hope is not in just that promise. My hope is the one who made that promise. And I trust in Him. My hope is in Him, not in the things that, that He said that would happen that are generic to everybody. Because how many of you know we're not all going to live forever on this earth? We will in eternity. But not on this earth. These bodies are going to die at some point. The scriptures also says it is appointed for man once to die. So if we hold on to just the promise by His stripes we were healed and every time we think that and we're sitting there and we're 99 years old and we're thinking, God's going to heal me on this one. Maybe He is, maybe He's not. But I can hope in Him. I can put my hope in Him and I will never be disappointed. Amen? So that's where we have to put our hope in is in Him and what He is doing, and what He has planned, and what He has promised, and what He is going to do. Because my ultimate promise is this. One day I will be with Him. So many times we think that the promise is the end game, but our hope in the one who made the promise is the end game. That's the end all. 
is our hope in him. And my last point today that I want to make is the hope on Jesus. I love that definition. Uh, where In the Eastern Bible Dictionary, where he ended the definition, and he said the, the expression hope in him ought rather to be, as in the Revised Version, hope on him. I hope based on God. See, if you're basing your hope today on anything other than Jesus and his faithfulness, then you are setting yourself up for a great disappointment. That's what we have to trust in. That's what we have to hope in. Hope is choosing to trust in or on Jesus and what he said he would do. That's what hope is. Hope is choosing to trust in or on Jesus. I've got to trust on Jesus. I've got to trust on Him. Hope is that confidence in or on Jesus and His Word. Hope is not a feeling, but a choice to be believed in God. This week as I talked and prayed with Shirley Dirks, we, we spoke about the hope that we have. My go-to statement with Shirley right now is, I don't know. We look at the situation and I just go, Shirley, you know, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't know the answers. I don't, I don't have the answers. And there's so much that I don't know or understand about what we face in this life in so many different situations. I don't know why some suffer such physical challenges and others seem to have no difficulties at all. I can't answer those questions. I, I don't know why God choose to, chooses to heal some at this moment and some later and some never in, in their physical bodies. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand a lot of things, but this one thing that I do, I do know without a doubt, my hope is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My hope is in Him. As long as my hope is in Him, none of that other matters. You see, my hope is in the fact that this world is not my home. My hope is in the promise that one day I will be with the Lord for the rest of eternity. You see, my hope is on Jesus, His power, His promises, His word, His love, His compassion, His willingness to make a way for me through His death, burial, and resurrection. That's what my hope is in. All the other stuff I have to face and all the other things and circumstances that come my way don't really matter as long as I have my hope in Him, on Him. So this is where my hope is anchored. This is where my hope is anchored is in Jesus. It's in Jesus. In Hebrews 6.19, he said, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. I want you to hear that. This is a sure and steadfast anchor anchor of the soul now our soul is our mind will and emotions amen 
that soul is, is that thing that we, we deal with on a regular basis of thinking and how we, we, our motives and how we feel and all these different things are wrapped up in our soul. But the scripture says in Hebrews, the steadfast anchor of the soul is a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. So he's saying, my hope is behind the curtain in God the Father, in the one who promised, the one who is able, the one who created all things, the one who is and is to come. Amen? That's where my hope is anchored, is behind the veil, in that place, with Him. It's on Him. It's not on the things of this life. It's not on the things of this world. I can't hope in them. I must hope in God. talked about last week at Jesus' death, the Father ripped open the veil that separated men from His presence. And He gave us a hope through Jesus that is anchored in the very presence of God. And that's the hope that we must rest on today. That's the hope that we have to have. We can't look around at what's going on around us. We can't be so upset because of how the government might be changing and how everything seems to be a total disaster in our government system. They're fighting and bickering and everything is a mess and everybody's at each other. and It's, it's hard to even watch and see because it brings down your hope. But now you should be able to look at it and see it and look at it and go, oh, my hope's not in that. My hope is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I hope in Him today. I'm not hoping in these things. If you're looking at the financial markets this week, I don't know about you, but I have a little notification that comes on, and I watch this thing. Man, it was like a yo-yo this week. Up a thousand, down a thousand, up a thousand, down a thousand. I mean, it was like, holy cow, what is going on? You know, I mean, if your hope is in the finances of this world, you're going to be greatly disappointed. If your hope is in your 401k, you might not want to look at it this week. We can't hope in those things. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the steadfastness of our God. We've got to get our eyes off of all these other things around us and get our hope set on Him. So go ahead, Isaac, come up this morning. Through my experiences and trials in this life, I have pretty much lost all hope in everything. But my hope in Jesus is steadfast and immovable. Because Jesus has made promises to me that I can hold on to, that I can know that I'm just an alien here. I'm not, I'm not of this world any longer. He made me a citizen of heaven. And so whatever goes on in the government, whatever goes on with the finances, whatever's going on with relationships, whatever's going on in any part of my life, I can still have a hope. Because my hope is based on Jesus, who never changes, who is 
made such promises to me that I can know that one day all this will be over and I'll be with him for the rest of eternity. I just want to give you a message today of hope and where to anchor that hope. And I want you to get that picture. You know, a ship, a very big ship, a large ship can be anchored with a very small anchor. They just let down this chain and it hooks onto something and it holds it in place. And I want you to picture that of of putting your anchor behind the veil. Putting your anchor in that place where the very presence of God is. And letting that anchor hold you steadfast. Whatever the winds may blow, whatever might come its way, that ship's not going to move because I'm anchored in God's presence. Hallelujah. Y'all stand this morning as we come to the close of our service. I just, I just think it's a time where we just need to contemplate and just hear what God is speaking to us in this. Where is your hope today? You may have come in here this morning and your hope was in all kinds of different things and you were getting really discouraged. But today he wants to give you a new hope in him. In him. On him. On his promises. On all that he has said that you would do. So I want to take just a few moments. Isaac, you'll sing a song for us this morning. And just... I just want you to take a few moments. Whether you come to these altars or whether you do it right there where you're standing, just take a few moments and just meditate. Think about where your hope is anchored. And then make sure today that it's anchored in His very presence before you leave here today. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you, Lord. Oh, we live for you, Lord. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my 
our hope cannot be shaken because it is in you, on you, God, on your promises, on all that you have promised to us, oh God. Father, I pray this week, Lord, that each one would be able to, to just, God, reignite the hope that we have in you. God, to just see it with their eyes and to know, God, like Abraham did, God, that he can hold on to the promises of God even when he hadn't seen them yet. Even when he did see them, Lord, he trusted in you. He had hope in you that if his son even died, Lord, that you would raise him from the dead because of your promises, God, being so true. God, I pray that you would give us that, that steadfastness, Lord, letting our anchor be within the veil, Lord God, in that presence of your, your Holy Spirit, Lord God, in our lives. Father, and not in the things of this world. Father, I thank you that we have this hope in you. Lord, just let us go and share this hope with the world. God, because there are so many that need to know this message of hope, that there is hope in this life. There is hope in this world because it's in Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you would just make us your ambassadors this week to go out and tell somebody else about your wonderful hope, God, that we can have in you and how it can sustain us and keep us at all times. Lord, we just love you and thank you. Ask your blessing upon each one as they go from this place, God. Lead and guide them throughout the week, Lord God. Let them live in hope in everything that they do in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here today.
for listening. We hope you'll tune in next week for another great sermon from Grace Point Assembly of God.